1: Hello, my name is Ed Clemente. I'm your host today, and we're fortunate to have Ryan Hunt, Chief Executive Officer, Michigan Works Association. Uh, welcome to the show, Ryan. Hey, Ed. Thank you very
2: much for having me. It's a pleasure to be on. I've listened to, you know, probably all of the uh, podcasts so far, all the episodes on the Michigan Opportunity podcast. So it's great to finally be a guest and speaking with you today.
1: I should get a punch card to make sure who's listened to all the shows. One other person claimed to have done that. So I I, I thank you for that. I appreciate the subscribing that you do for us. Five-star um,
2: review all the
1: way. <laughs> well, it's been fun. I'll tell you that. And it's helpful when you have really good guests and it's interesting and it's because it's conversational. I think everybody learns from this process. And let's talk a little bit because you do have one of the unique organizations that you represent. I don't think a lot of people know exactly what Michigan Works Association is. So if you run into somebody at a party, what would you tell them you do? Sure. So uh, the Michigan Works Association represents the 16-
2: Michigan Works offices or agencies across the state of Michigan in all corners of the state. And as an association representing those members, uh, we provide value in terms of voice, knowledge, and connection, primarily around uh, advocacy efforts for workforce development policies and priorities. We also hold a number of trainings throughout the year for frontline staff and other workers at the regional offices across the Michigan Works Network. And then we also hold various events and conferences throughout the year, again, to elevate the uh, and amplify the message across workforce development in reiterating the importance of the work that we do on a daily basis in this industry across the entire network.
1: Yeah, let's just I'm going to digress a little bit first, but um, what, are, what do you call the frontline office? Because you and I might know what that is, but who, like who would the average person who probably has to go through any kind of training or unemployment or whatever, what, what does that mean to them as an individual?
2: Sure. So as an individual or business, uh, across the entire Michigan Works Network on an annual basis, we serve on average 670,000 job seekers and a little over 32,000 businesses every single year. So those frontline individuals, the folks that really make the Michigan Works Network as as good as it is, as strong as it is, those are the folks that if you walk in to a uh, door at the Michigan Works office in your local community or give them a call, they're the ones that are interfacing, trying to connect job seekers with resources and employment opportunities, and then also working with employers to connect them to a qualified labor pool by accessing and utilizing various resources at the federal, the state, or the local level.
1: Yeah, and let's talk a little bit about your background because you've just you know, had a long stint with the Michigan Economic Development Corporation, and I'm sure they're one of your partners. Um, but the you did similar things right at the MEDC, right? Why don't why don't you talk about how that foundation was laid by experience and what you did?
2: Sure, sure, great question. Yeah, I started for, at at the Michigan Economic Development Corporation before joining the Michigan Works Association. I started at the MEDC back in 2013 on our talent enhancement team, and at the time. That team was tasked with standing up a number of innovative kind of pilot programs focused on um, different areas of talent, whether it was talent attraction, retention, or training. And one of the first programs I worked on as a project coordinator at the MEDC was the Michigan Advanced Technician Training Program, or MAT Squared. And that was an apprenticeship program that we partnered with about a dozen companies in Southeast Michigan. And a handful of community colleges in that region to help individuals who were interested in pursuing a mechatronics apprenticeship connect them with the educational opportunities and the employment opportunities. So that was really my first exposure to workforce development back in 2013, 2014, working at the MEDC. And along the way, I've I've been able to maintain contact and relationships with a number of folks in the workforce development profession here in the state of Michigan. And then over time, Uh, In 2016, I moved over to the business development team as a business development manager for the greater Ann Arbor region. And then my most recent job at the MEDC before I left to join the Michigan Works Association was as a regional director on our growth and development team. I helped manage about eight staff members, eight business development managers who were primarily focused day in and day out on business retention and expansion of companies right here in the state.
1: Yeah. And it, and it's funny, not that you're a cyclical person, but you started working at the MDC when we were just coming out of really a bad recession, even then. So I'm sure your job was pretty challenging at that time because we were looking for anyone to be working anywhere at that point. And now you're coming into a tough time, too. So you must like challenges, right? Challenge is a good thing. Uh, you know, they, they say pressure makes diamonds, but it is
2: an interesting time for economic and workforce development. I think that the difference between what we saw in you know 2007, 2008, 2009 here in Michigan, where where this state was hit harder than almost any other state across the entire country. you know, We saw people kind of hanging on to their jobs, not really um, f- focusing on looking for additional work because they were just so worried about keeping the job that they were in. I think the difference in the new dynamic that we're in now is there are so many job openings, everybody seems to be hiring. And so you see the pendulum has swung, I think, back in the favor of, if you're a job seeker right now, you have plentiful opportunities to go out and pursue a career. And we even see people right now that are taking their time, not necessarily reentering the workforce, maybe as quickly as if there was a, a, a an economic downturn that we've seen in previous decades. And they're starting to to analyze and really assess what do they want to do, not just as the next career opportunity, their next job, but where do they want to be in five years, in 10 years, in 15 years down the road. And so the Michigan Works Network as a whole, we're here to assist job seekers in making informed employment decisions. And we're also working very closely with our employers to inform the supply side of the talent equation and trying to be as responsive as possible to the demands that employers have in terms of job openings. And how can we take those individuals who may be looking for new career opportunities, especially in our driving industries across the state of Michigan, get them into employment so that they can be trained and they can be uh, you know, very productive in the jobs, not just of today, but certainly the jobs of the future like I said, in some of those driving industries here in the state. And,
1: and that's really kind of two different sort of uh, groups of people in a way. You've got the people just entering the workforce who, you know, and, and part of that is a product of what people have been telling them, like, get skills. Maybe you don't need a college degree. Maybe you do, you know. But then you've also got technology moving so fast that you've had huge disruption in mid-career people. So I think you've got both sets of populations both deciding, hey, they told me to take my time, not just take any job, or I want to work where I want to work. So that's it's sort of a weird place that might have never even happened in America before.
2: Yeah, very true. Like like you said, or like we've said uh, this, this podcast for the last few minutes, it's a very interesting time uh, to be either a job seeker Or an employer. I think the good news is that we have people dedicated in in economic development, in workforce development, in assisting both sides of that talent equation, and making sure that we're focused not just on the career opportunities, but the educational opportunities, the training that is available for individuals and employers to take advantage of. Uh, We did just have the new budget that went into effect for the new fiscal year, um, thanks to Governor Whitmer and the legislature that worked together to uh, to sign that budget effective October 1st. And we, again, have really great programming across the entire state of Michigan. If you look at Going Pro Talent Fund, for example, that's $40 million that's available to employers right now in competitive training grants. And they have until October 28th to apply for that program. But that just is, again, a testament to the work and to the dedication that we have as workforce development professionals here in Michigan in assisting both sides of the talent equation, the supply side being the job seekers and the qualified labor pool, and the demand side being the employers as well.
1: Yeah. And I, and I think that brokering has never like if you think about it back in 2007, uh, things like Facebook and uh, TikTok and everything else didn't exist. So you didn't have the social media dimension like you do now, and so people can look at a lot of different sources, which also could lead to confusion, too, because there's too many sources sometimes as to where you should be going in a career or who's giving you real advice. So, I imagine that's even more pressure on these workforce boards, too.
2: Sure, absolutely. Yeah, it certainly can be. Like you said, there's so many different mediums of communication right now and so many various channels or sources that people can rely upon um, to try and make informed decisions. And so, one thing that we've been focusing on is really doing some of the simple things right. And that's talking to one another, sharing similar or the same data sources in many cases with job seekers and employers. Uh, the state of Michigan, the the Labor Market Information Office puts out uh, the hottest 50 jobs on, on a monthly basis. And so we rely very heavily on some of that information and those resources that come out from the state level on down that can be broken out by region that the Workforce Development Boards can rely upon in order to uh, develop new programming, be responsive to the demands of their local and regional employers, and also help those job seekers that may be transitioning new jobs or maybe looking for employment opportunities coming off of employment, make informed decisions based on those data sources.
1: Yeah. I mean, like nowadays, like if I was just coming out of college, I would just do a regular Google search and just say, I got a degree in psychology, What are the top five jobs I'm probably most qualified for. And it might not be so dictated by advertising that you might get some pretty skewed results. And I think you guys have to weed through those things to make sure what you're talking about is legitimate and, you know, sort of authentic, real opportunities, not just where someone's leading you that maybe necessarily. Agreed. And that's
2: why we pride ourselves. We've uh, said for a number of years, dating back to 2012, we are a demand-driven model. And so while we serve the job seekers and folks that are looking for employment opportunities, at the end of the day, the best way that we can help individuals make informed decisions is by having a demand-driven model and being responsive to the needs of the employers. If they have employment needs, if they have training needs, and we're talking with them and relying upon uh, continuing to invest and uh, be responsive to that demand-driven model, like you said, Ad, we can help them make informed decisions. And that's that's really where the authenticity piece comes into play. And again, getting back to doing some, some things very simply, just talking to one another, understanding what the needs are uh, across the board for employers in any given region throughout the state and trying to figure out, hey, what are the demands? What are the jobs that are going to be in demand, not just today, but what are the jobs going to look like in the next five years or 10 years? And how do we help employers and individuals get from point A, maybe entry-level employment, up to being trained into certain occupations where they can continue to gain credentials and skill sets along the way. And that way, they will remain employed. They will remain key components of those organizations for years to come, especially as technology and automation continue to shift at such a rapid pace.
1: Well, I'm going to change directions a little bit here, but um, I know you... You might be tempted to want to mention all 16 of your boards that you that serve for, for you, but like who is sort of on your, at least your executive committee right now, sure. or just the organizations, maybe not individual names, but sure, you can sure, always yeah. give your chair out, by the way, you should always mention the <laughs> chair. We do, we do have a new board
2: chair, uh, effective October 1st of this year. John Kaczynski is the new association board chair, and he's the director of government affairs at Saginaw Valley State University. So we're very fortunate and excited to work with him. And I'd also like to give a shout out to the former board chair, Charlie Mahoney. Charlie was instrumental in not only my, uh, my process of the candidate selection hiring through the CEO search here at the association, but she has just put in tons of uh, sweat equity into the workforce development system over a number of years here in the state of Michigan. So having those individuals and really all the individuals that are part of the association's membership Uh, has been a tremendous opportunity for me to grow and learn uh, from folks who have been doing this for for a number of years. But as you mentioned, Ad, we do have a a very robust and comprehensive workforce development system here in Michigan serviced primarily by those 16 Michigan Works agencies. Those 16 Michigan Works agencies, again, they're in every single corner of the state from Detroit Employment Solutions Corporation down in in Detroit. On the west side of the state, we have uh, Michigan Works uh, West Central, UP Michigan Works in the UP, everywhere in between, there's a Michigan Works office. Those 16 Michigan Works agencies, they have 66 service centers and 33 one-stop centers as well, where employers or job seekers can walk in the door, they can call their local Michigan Works office, and they can utilize the services that are available in order to identify employment opportunities or training opportunities. So very, very present in all the communities. We're not too far away from anybody's doorstep. And really right now, especially in the virtual environment that we are still continuing to operate in uh, to a large degree, we're really only a phone call or a click away.
1: Well, let me put a plug in for Charlie Mahoney, though. Uh, I served with her for I was on the SEMCA board, which is in southeast Michigan, uh, for 10 years, I served on that board, but Charlie was involved with us then, and I know her and Greg Petoniak have done a lot down in that area, and we worked a lot with the Down River Community Conference, which is one of those spots. I've, I've actually, even as a state rep, I uh, worked a lot for veterans down in some of those places trying to place veterans and work, so I know everything – that's done at these workforce workforce boards is much more granular than people have any idea of when you start really seeing where the boots are hitting the ground over there. And that's really a credit for all those organizations. Um, By the way, on that question, I know you do a lot with veterans. Is there any other sort of cutout groups you work with beyond veterans? I know there's – go ahead if there's anything else
2: really any any and all individuals. And right now, actually, this October, we're, we're observing um, National Disability Employment Month. And so um, dis- disabled individuals, that, that makes up a very significant percentage of the working age population, probably more so than, um, than people recognize or understand. And so one of the uh, partners that we work with is the Michigan Rehabilitation Services, or MRS. And we actually have, throughout various Michigan works offices statewide, co-location opportunities with... MRS staff so they can help individuals and employers um, who are looking for a qualified yet untapped talent pool. They can help those individuals navigate some of the um, different barriers that they may have to overcome uh, either at the individual level or at the employer level who just maybe not, they don't know how to go about hiring or tapping into that talent pool. So in observance of National Disability Employment Month throughout the entire nation, um, that is one group that we're continuing to focus on uh, going forward. But this is a really good month to help celebrate. Uh, uh, that population and really focus on the services and resources available through the Michigan Works Network to help really any and all populations that are looking for employment
0: opportunities. You're listening to The Michigan Opportunity, featuring candid conversations with Michigan business leaders on what makes Michigan a leading state to live, work, and play. Listen to more episodes at michiganbusiness.org forward slash podcast.
1: Is there any sort of like disruptors or trends you see? You've mentioned a few already, but uh, that you see maybe either on the short or midterm horizon coming up that would be helpful. Sure. Well, as a state, and I don't think Michigan is, is that
2: different in this regard. But as a state here, uh, you know, we're facing kind of three big issues right now as it relates to talent and workforce. Uh, one of which being we just we're not attracting enough bodies to the state of Michigan to fill. The open in in demand positions. We also have an aging workforce. You can walk into any manufacturing facility across the state of Michigan. And really, especially in the smaller, you know, mom and pop shops, they have individuals who are 65, 70 and older who are working right now. And they don't have that backfill of younger uh, generations of workers coming into those facilities to work. And we also have the ongoing skills mismatch in a number of our industries. So right now, You know, as it relates to workforce development, I think we're at a very critical juncture, especially with some of the federal funding that's continuing to uh, be available. That I know uh, the governor's office and the legislature will continue to negotiate on here in the coming months. But right now is a critical juncture because the investments that we make over the next three to six months or the next year that's going to help set us on the path toward economic recovery and resiliency. And the one thing that employers always ask about, whether it's an employer here in the state of Michigan, or it's a company that's outside the state of Michigan looking to invest in the state, they ask, where are we going to find the talent and how are we going to train them? And so if we don't have the tools and the resources and the programs to invest in our workers, to invest in the workforce, to invest in training programs, we're going to continue to do a disservice uh, to those individuals and to the employers here in the state of Michigan. And really, that's going to cut into our competitiveness as a state, as it relates to economic development. So in order to win the future, I think we need to make those strategic investments in the workforce, uh, especially in the existing workforce infrastructure across the Michigan Works Network here in the state uh, to really secure the future.
1: And I mean, just can you give like a quick 30 seconds? We also interviewed... Michigan, or the connected nation, Michigan. And I imagine the digital divide has been a challenge, as you've seen accelerated during this pandemic where people couldn't get to offices and things like that. But I imagine that's going to be growing more like remote, or I don't know how you're going to do it.
2: Yeah. And I think with any solution that you come up with, so I mentioned the the um, talent attraction piece, for example, we're not attracting enough bodies back to Michigan. If we had a huge influx of talent come into the state, well, then we also have housing challenges. We also have broadband challenges. So again, taking the opportunity that's in front of us right now to make some of those targeted investments in things like workforce, but also housing, also broadband, will continue to help accelerate the state's ability to compete for business attraction and retention opportunities in the future. So the digital divide is very real. And that is, again, another item or another uh, very important pillar for long-term economic resiliency, I think, that we need to focus on over the next six to 12 months.
1: And the last couple of questions, Um, one is... And you've sort of addressed this, but you're probably, this is probably a twofold answer for you. But one is, I'm sure you have your clinical answer of what you would tell somebody if you're talking to either a graduating class or a mid-career person to go into. And then just personally, what you would probably, if you could go back and talk to your high school self, maybe.
2: Yeah, the one, I really, the one thing I would say is, is just be open to opportunities and don't be afraid to, to say yes because you never know what type of, of adventure you're going to go on. Um, so don't be afraid to venture out onto uncharted paths or you know, my favorite part of my job description in any job that I've ever worked in is the other duties as assigned because you never know where that's gonna take you, who you can interact with, what types of shadowing opportunities or networking you can engage in um, just by being open and being receptive to saying yes and, and really taking that uncharted path.
1: And I would imagine you would echo the skills and competencies, which are the biggest challenges, I think, for everybody nowadays. But uh, I I know that that was very critical always when I was on the board for the uh, SEMCA, how we need a balance of both nowadays. Agreed. Agreed. Skills
2: and competencies are very important. Um, Soft skills are, are particularly important for individuals. You know, you can train anybody up, but can you train them to show up on time? Can you train them to... Um, interact with other individuals, especially you know, folks that they may not always get along with in their personal lives. But those are are very critical skills and competencies right now. I mean, we need we need those now more than ever, especially as we. Um, get more workers back into employment opportunities here in Michigan.
1: So your last question is a simple one, but I know you live in Lansing, and I think you graduated from the Lansing area somewhere, high school? Or
2: I graduated from Hazel High School, Hazel. and uh, my, my wife and I uh, live in Mason, so not too far away from downtown Lansing.
1: So what's your favorite part of Michigan, or what do you oh, like doing best? Man,
2: um, my favorite part of Michigan is is Traverse City in the summer, there's nowhere on the planet, not just in Michigan or in the U.S. In my opinion, there's nowhere on the planet better uh, than Traverse City in the summer, enjoying the beaches, enjoying the warm weather, uh, going swimming, going kayaking, uh, getting ice cream at Moomers right there in, in Traverse City in the bay. Uh, so to me, that's that's my favorite place. That's my go-to place uh, in the summer months here in, in Michigan. And and my wife is from the area as well, so has the added benefit of kind of going and returning back to um, her her area where she grew up. Uh, for, for nostalgic purposes, but it truly is, in my opinion, the best place on the planet.
1: Yeah, no, and a lot of people agree with you. You can see sometimes by the traffic. Um, the uh, So anyway, I want to thank again, uh, Ryan Hunt. He's the chief executive officer, Michigan Works Association. And thanks again, Ryan. I know you got a busy schedule. We appreciate you taking time to talk to us today. Thank
2: you, Ed. It was a pleasure to be here and looking forward to talking with you and the team soon.
0: The Michigan Opportunity is brought to you by the Michigan Economic Development Corporation. Join us and make your mark where it matters. Visit michiganbusiness.org forward slash radio to put your plans in motion.